Okay, everybody, I just wanted to talk about um, vocal cord dysfunction, which is one of the mimics um, for asthma and also a mimic for upper airway obstruction and it causes strider. So we had one a patient with this last week, and it's always kind of an anxiety-provoking visit because the patient presents with strider. It's usually inspiratory strider, and the, the problem with vocal cord dysfunction is that the vocal cords, usually when you breathe in, the vocal cords open up. With vocal cord dysfunction, they close down. So the patient's extremely anxious. They, they can't get in air and understandably present to the ER. Patients with vocal cord dysfunction, it's a really difficult diagnosis to make. We've had patients get intubated. Patients can get crikes for vocal cord dysfunction. It's not unusual to have them intubated if you don't have a diagnosis because they present with strider, usually extraordinary anxiety, and very dramatic presentation. Usually, quite frequently, a patient has been diagnosed with asthma, and so that's the assumption is this is a bad asthma attack. Any of us can provoke our, we, we can actually cause ourselves to have wheezing. If you do forced exhalation, <laughs> I, can, I can have wheezing. You can all make yourself wheeze. And... Um, the, the characteristic of the patients with vocal cord dysfunction would be inspiratory strider. That's a harsh upper airway sound with inspiration. Um, usually, the lower airways, when you expire, they collapse, and the upper airways, when you and the lower airways, when you inspire, they expand. The upper airway is the opposite. Inspiratory strider is the hallmark of vocal cord dysfunction. The way it's diagnosed is by doing laryngoscopy with putting a tube through the nose and watching the patient during one of these episodes. Obviously, that has to be done by a pulmonologist not in the heat of the battle in the emergency room. When we would know we have vocal cord dysfunction, the patient says, I, I've been diagnosed with vocal cord dysfunction. Or you ask them. The patient's very anxious, <laughs> working really hard. And you can look in, in the Meditech or look in the medical record and say they've been here before or they have the working diagnosis of vocal cord dysfunction. Since we can't have the test done, the, we generally can't do laryngoscopy in the ER, though we, some of us have tried to do that. It's, it's a difficult test to do when a person's very anxious. The treatment... Once you know the diagnosis, the treatment is generally reassurance. Um, asthma medicines aren't effective for vocal cord dysfunction. It's generally associated with uh, extreme state of anxiety. So you try to reassure the patient. Um, CPAP will help the patient breathe better so they can get air in. So CPAP's reasonable. Heliox, air flows better with Heliox and regular oxygen. So you can try Heliox. A lot of us use benzodiazepines thinking that anxiety is prevalent. And maybe if we decrease the anxiety, the patient will do better. And it seems to work, although it may not be necessary. Generally, guidelines say you don't need to sedate the patient. It's just kind of conservative watch and wait. Um, so that's the treatment of vocal cord dysfunction, is really trying to find out if the person has that diagnosis. It's been described, but one of the pulmonologists here told me she, she, she had a, the, uh, a teacher in vocal cord dysfunction was in the ER with a person having vocal cord dysfunction and was really working hard. And everybody, the ICU, the intensivists were gathered around, the ER docs were gathered around, the patients flopping in the bed, getting sicker and sicker. And usually that patient would get intubated, but this doc had done a had done laryngoscopy and said, I know it's vocal cord dysfunction. We're going to wait. We're just going to wait. So SAT started dropping off, getting tired of breathing. The person's working really hard and then flops on the bed unconscious. And then they just wait. And they wait. And then she wakes up and is breathing quietly and breathing normally. I don't think I'd advocate that. I've never done that, but it makes sense with the pathophysiology of vocal cord dysfunction. That makes sense, right? So the anxiety is gone, breathing normally, and now they can get air in. So that's one thing to think about. Um, so just calm reassurance. One other thing about vocal cord dysfunction that's really interesting is it's not a form of malingering. The person doesn't have a secondary gain. They're not trying to get something out of you. They, just, they can't breathe. That's why they, they frequently present to the ER. It's not, it's not malingering. It's a, real, it's a real condition, social with anxiety, 
and, spas and spasm. Uh, the other reason that we're all very vigilant, Strider is a scary condition to have to intubate. There's a lot of dangerous things that cause Strider, and you don't want to be wrong saying this is vocal cord dysfunction when it's an abscess or epiglottitis or a bad status asthmaticus patient. So you'd, you'd, you'd assume it's something treatable and dangerous and let the patient prove you wrong. So anyway, that's vocal cord. Any question about vocal cord dysfunction? Okay. Yeah. Thank you.